to hear an anointed, powerful word that will change your life from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Be blessed as your faith goes from one level of glory to another level of glory. All right, are you ready this morning? I'm going to give you this morning a revelation that I'm still learning about and getting into, but it's probably the revelation that changed my life more than anything as far as seeing things differently than I was taught to see them and the way I grew up to see them and the way I thought. So I've been praying for you all, knowing that it's going to touch you and change some of the ways that you're thinking also this morning. And I think you're really going to enjoy it this morning. Praise God. Hallelujah. All right, take your Bible this morning. Go to Colossians chapter 1. Give you some facts this morning. Colossians chapter 1, are you there? Look at verse 16. It says, For by him were all things created that are in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him, and all things were created what? For him. Now notice, God created you. How many of you know that? You are his production, you are what he put together. You were created by him, and I knew that my whole life, but I never knew that I was created for him. I grew up in basically religion and different things that basically told me that almost he was created for me. In other words, I needed him to do everything, and he better meet my needs, and he better keep me healed, and he better. So I thought he was almost created for me, but when I read the scripture one day, God stuck me there. Did the Holy Ghost ever stick you someplace? And he said, notice, you were created for me. I was created for him. And at that time, I started to understand that he had a plan and a purpose for me, and I had a part in that plan and that purpose. That's why he was created me. How many know everything that was created basically has a purpose for it being created or wouldn't have been created to begin with? So you have a purpose, the reason you are here. It is important to the creator that what he creates will work and will succeed. How many know that's true? And you know that things are, have been created. CD player was created to play CDs. A car was created to help us travel and get places faster. A fish was created. He was created to swim. Birds were created to fly. Seeds were created to grow. Whatever is created bears the name of the creator or the inventor. Notice, you were created for him. Say, I was created, I was created. For, him. for him. All right, go to Psalm 35. All right, Psalm 35, look at verse 27. It says, Let them shout for joy and be glad that favor my righteous cause. Yea, let them say continually, Let the Lord be magnified, which has pleasure in the prosperity of his children. So God created you, and notice what else? He wants you to succeed. He wants every single person that was born into the earth that he created to be successful. It is important to you that you succeed, but it's also important to him that you succeed. He needs you to succeed. You are a co-laborer with him and part of his plan. You were born for a time such as this. So success is important to whoever creates something. You take Toyota, they create cars. Basically, they bear the name of Toyota. They have the little image of Toyota on there. If that car does not work or does not run, they will come to you and they will get that car back and they will fix that car for you and they will make sure it's nice and just the way you want it to be and they don't do that because they love you. They don't do it because they even know you. They do it because they are trying to protect their name because they have their little emblem on that Toyota so they want to fix it to you basically so they do not get a bad name. God created me and you for a purpose. You have his name on you, and you were born, the Bible said, in his image and with his image and his likeness. So just like GE puts something on their stuff, Toyota puts something on there, you have God's image on you because God created you. 
So if you're poor, how many know that's a bad image for God who created you? If you're rich, it's a good image for God who created you. If you're successful, it's really good to be. And I tell you, when I got this revelation, I've used it in the situation we're at now. Because God created cash. God birthed cash into this world. He is God's creation. And it's bad for you, God. Come on now. I deal with God on a regular basis. Hey, it's bad for you, God. If he doesn't fulfill the purpose that you created him for, and your image is on him, your emblem's on there, then you've got problems. Because it's got to be fixed. Come on now. It's got to be, you've got to fix this situation. Why? Because you've got to have your name, praise God. And how many know he wants to fix the situation? Because everything he creates, he wants it to be successful because it bears the image of him. Here it says God takes pleasure in your prosperity and success. Well, sure he did. He created you. He wants you to be able to work right. He wants you to be able to fulfill everything he's given you. All right, go to Jeremiah chapter 29. All right, Jeremiah 29, look at verse 11. It says, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. Then you shall call upon me, and you shall go and pray unto me, and I will hear you. And you shall seek me and find me when you shall search for me with all of your heart. So once again, we see here that God has a plan and a purpose for each and every one of us who are here. Nothing is ever created without a purpose. You have a brain. How many know it's for a purpose? You have hands. You have toes. A bee has hair on his legs. What's that for? So he can transfer pollen from one flower to another. Everything that's on your body or everything you see created has a purpose or God would not have created to begin with. How many know sometimes we don't know the purpose? I mean, I don't know the purpose for a mosquito. Come on now. But apparently there is a purpose for it or God wouldn't have created a mosquito. Are you with me? Yes. Yeah, so even though you don't know it, praise God, he did it for a reason. And it doesn't mean it doesn't have a purpose just because you don't know the purpose of that thing. So everything was created with a purpose by God. It was created to succeed. Now, what is the success then for our lives? Is it to have money, large house, fame, fortune? No. In God's eyes is to fulfill the purpose that you were created to do and put here on the earth to do. Basically, that you be successful in what he's created you to do. You'd never pursue success. The quickest way to fail in your walk and in your kingdom walk is to pursue success. Basically, if you pursue success, you try to take shortcuts. How many have ever cut across your neighbor's lawn? That is called trespassing. In the Bible, sin is known as a trespass you will start to trespass on your way to success. In other words, you'll start to sell drugs to get rich. You'll start to have sex with a man to get a husband. See, and all these are shortcuts to where you think you need to be going. You'll try to gamble to get wealthy. You'll put others down so that you can move up. But the kingdom in the Bible says is if a man plants a seed in the ground, he sleeps and rises, he sleeps and rises, he sleeps and rises, first the blade, then the ear, then the full corn in the ear. So your success basically is not taking shortcuts. Your success is following God step by step by step by step and staying in tune with Him. Your success is not compared to those people who are around you. If you take a test in school and you score 70 out of 100, but it's the highest score there, we pat ourselves on the back. But 70 was not the expected end. 100 was the expected end. So if you start comparing your people, yourself to other people, you will go as far as they go and you'll stop, and they may only be at 70. Amen. So my call goes beyond 70. It goes beyond what other ministers are doing, what other church is doing, what other pastor is doing. I don't want to do what they do and follow them. And that's not my call. My call is a different place, basically. And I grow into that place as time goes because I want to be successful. The Bible says you have a race to run. I mean, each and every one of us have a race. But the problem is everybody veers to the right lane and to the left lane. Stay in your lane. And just slowly be successful. And the best thing about being successful is basically you will start to solve problems for you and for other people. See, everything that was created was there to solve a problem. 
Why was a dishwasher created? Because nobody wanted to wash dishes anymore. So they wanted to solve the problem, so they created a dishwasher. What was a fridge for? Because somebody needed to keep the food cold so it wouldn't spoil. So there's always a problem to be solved there to do it. And success basically puts you in a situation where you have influence. See, Tiger Woods has influence. LeBron James has influence. I'm not saying they're good or bad, right or wrong, but they do have influence. They influence a lot of people, and that's basically because they're there because they were put there. How many know a hot water heater is important in your house? Yes. Hallelujah. So you were created for a purpose, for a plan, and you were created to solve problems here on the earth. All right, go to Jeremiah chapter 1 while you're there. All right, Jeremiah chapter 1, are you there? Look at verse 5. It says, Before I formed you in the belly or the womb, I knew you. And before you came forth out of the womb, I sanctified you and ordained you a prophet unto the nations. Now look at that again. Before I even formed you in the belly or the womb, what happened? God knew you. God already knew you. God had created you already, then put you in the womb to fulfill a purpose in the earth because that's the only way he could get you into the earth was by putting you into the womb to get you into the earth. But you didn't start when you were being formed in the womb. He started you before he put you in the womb. Then he put you in the womb and he bored you into this earth so that you could fulfill what he called you to do and what he wanted you to do. So notice, before I became a pastor, I was a pastor. Are you following? Becky says, I didn't marry a pastor. Well, yes, you did. We just didn't know it. Are you following me? Yeah, that's what I was born for. I was born to be a pastor. That's who I was, and that's who God created me and put me in the womb so that I would be a pastor. He already had a purpose for me. He already had a plan for me. So he put me in the room because that's the only way I could get into the earth realm to fulfill my purpose, basically, that he had for me because he had a plan. Now, if you ever had a wash machine, basically, uh, from GE or whatever, that wash machine, before it was ever released to you and put GE on it, it was ready. You understand? It was already tested. It already had everything that it needed to wash your clothes. The only problem with it when it was released was it had to be plugged in. We could stay there for two days. See, for 30 years of my life, I was living here, and everything that I ever needed was already in me, already part of me. God had already borne me that way, put his image on me, Born me into the earth to be successful, but for 30 years I didn't do nothing because I wasn't plugged in. But once I plugged in, my God, once I plugged in every gifting, everything that God had already put on the inside of me started to manifest in my life as I pursued him with my whole heart and a desire to fulfill my, what he wanted me to do and my purpose. All those things started manifesting and are still manifesting in my life. See, when you get a cell phone, you don't have to then buy a text to put in there, a texting machine. You don't have to buy a calling machine to put in there. You don't have to buy all this other stuff to put in there. It's all already in the phone when they put the Apple symbol on the phone. When God created you and put his image on you, you already had everything you will ever need to complete the purpose that God has already given you. It's already on the inside of you as a person. People, yo, God, give me this gift. It's in there. Just learn to get it out. Lord, I need this gift. If you need it, you got it. Are you following me? We're always here trying to get things from God. And God's saying, let's put it already. Put it on the inside of you. It's already on the inside of you. Now, I've got a cell phone, and I guarantee you, I do not know everything that cell phone will do. Call, text, internet. <laughs> but that doesn't mean my cell phone's not as good as yours. Come on now, just because you can do all this other stuff with the phone and do it very good. No, all that stuff is available to me in the phone, but the problem is I don't know that stuff is in there, so I can't use that stuff. So, And this helped me in ministry, because when I discovered this, I got everything that I need. All I got to do is learn how to use what God has already given me. Oh, Lord, anoint me. Oh, Lord, anoint me. Oh, Lord, anoint me. Pray it, pray it, pray it. Wear yourself out. No, you're already anointed. So why don't I just say, I'm anointed, and start walking in it? I have faith. I'm going to start believing God. I have everything that I need. Can I preach? Yes, I can preach. But you're an introvert. No, I'm not an introvert. Praise God. He put a symbol on me, and when he put his image on me, he didn't image me an introvert. 
That's what somebody labeled me when I came out of the womb. But when I came out of the womb, I had my image on me, praise God. And that image was a pastor. That image was a kingdom of God pastor. That image was a pastor who was going to preach the kingdom of God at a time when people needed to hear about the kingdom of God rather than about religion. When people else who had giftings on the inside, the giftings, I'm here to bring them out of the end. Jerk them. I'm going to jerk them right, right down your throat and jerk them right out of you on the inside of you. Because every one of you have giftings. It doesn't matter if you're a pastor up here or sitting in the first or second, third, fourth, fifth row. It doesn't matter. You have an image. You have a call. And you've got everything that you need, praise God, to fulfill that call that's on your life. I mean, this was comforting to me, praise God, definitely. It makes it a lot easier knowing that, I, that I'm equipped to do what God calls me to do. And once again, is it important for me to be successful? Oh, yeah, because I'm not part of my plan. I'm part of his plan. See, and when things happen in your, in your life, you know, Luann came here and Luann was on fire and Luann came in and she was a helper and she became a good friend. And then once they diagnosed her with what? Cancer? What did they? Cancer. So they diagnosed her with cancer and she was going over to Tampa and all that. So I went to God. I didn't tell anybody how I went to God because I don't want people getting mad at me. They come full of pride, full of boaster. I went to God and say, hey, you created her. Way back then, before you put her in the womb, you created her to be here and to do a certain purpose. And part of that purpose was to help in this ministry. Now, I'll tell you what, you better do something about this situation because she needs to be successful because we need to be successful. So you better get on the stick. What am I doing? I'm giving him an opportunity. Oh, God, help her. Oh, God, he can't help you with that. We just sang, I'm not going to live by what I feel, but we do. Every time a tragedy hits, it's, oh, you can't ooey-gooey God into anything. It's a legal kingdom, and you've got to open the door for him to get into that situation. So I said, you've got a problem. You better make sure she gets through this and comes out on the other side. Paul said one time, he had one of his friends healed, and he said, you know why you healed him? You healed him for my sake. Amen. He said, because I need this person my ministry, God. So you better get out there, and you better do something. You better heal this person. And God said, good, I was hoping somebody would talk to me like that. Yes. About time somebody woke up. Got out of feelings and emotions. About time somebody said. Hallelujah. See, that's what God wants. God wants an avenue into this place. He wants to be a co-laborer with you. But you don't get it by whining and crying. And, and I know it's tough because, man, emotions are there. But you've got to learn to have the word over emotions. And you've got to come to him legally. And legally is, hey, it's going to look bad on you, God. You know that, praise God. And you know how many times in the Bible it says he did this or that for his sake? Yeah. Ever read that? Psalms? God did that. God pardoned all our sins for his sake. Well, I thought that was for my sake. But it wasn't for my sake. It was for his sake. He pardoned me at the age of 30 for his sake because he needed me to be successful and fulfill my purpose. And the only way he could do that was to pardon me for my sins. Are you following me? See, healing, Jesus, healing a lot of times, God, first of all, you got to understand, he wants everybody healed. He needs everybody healed. He really needs you healed. So you can fulfill the purpose that he created you to do here on the earth. So if he heals you, it may not be because you're hurting. It may not be because you're a good churchgoer. It may not be because you gave $5 in the offering last week. It may be for his sake. Because he needs you to fulfill what he created you to do. So man, I got, I got to heal that person. So we just make a connection with him and give him an opportunity to come in and do what he wants to do. Because how I many you know, he's up there, we down here, and we're the ones with authority down here. So we got to give him permission to do that stuff. So we go to him legally. And we say, hey, you better do this. I'll tell you why. It's going to be good for my sake and your sake. And I went to God and that was it. That's all I said. I didn't pray anymore. I prayed in tongues. That's all I did because I didn't want to denullify because as soon as a bad report comes, how many know you denullify half of your prayers that you prayed the day before? Yeah. So just pray in tongues. You can't go wrong there, praise God. Some people, what are you praying? I'm praying in tongues. When times got tough, I texted a couple of people. I said, pray in tongues. What should we pray for? Just pray in tongues. Because you give people the bad report, they'll start praying with and against and for that bad report if they're not careful. So we just pray in tongues. Thank God for tongues. I don't know if anybody in here even uses them or not. But I'll tell you what, God gave you a wonderful gift there for you to pray with the Holy Ghost praying out of the inside of you. And something tells me he knows what he's doing when he prays through you. So what do we want to do? We want to hook up with God. We want to get him there. But all these things are for God's sake also, not just our sake. Do you see? God has a plan and a purpose for everybody. And he wants it. He, he wants your wash machine plugged in. Amen. See, we've got a lot of Christians running around with all wash machine stuff in them, but they've never plugged in. Or if they've had, they just got the detergent in and never really plugged in. 
make you my Lord and Savior for one day. Now I'm going to heaven. Now I'll be my own Lord and Savior if you don't mind. See, it's not that way. There's a pursuit in God that you have to have in your heart. And you'll only do that if you know that you are here for him, not he here for you. Do you understand that? He is here for you, but that's not the main purpose. You are here for him. And when you're here for him, he will definitely be for you to make sure you do the him that he put you here for. Praise God. Hallelujah. All right, go to Isaiah 44. All right, Isaiah chapter 44, look at verse 24. Thus says the Lord, thy Redeemer, and he hath formed thee from the womb, and I am the Lord that maketh all things, and stretch forth the heavens alone that spreads abroad the earth by itself. Notice, he formed you in your womb. Say, God, God form me, me in the womb. In the womb. So that means here's God. God, know, God. God understands everything. How many of you know that? So basically, when you were in the womb, and you got put into the womb by God, and if you read about any kind of science or anything, somebody said there's up to 500 million sperm cells released when a man and a woman get together. So basically, when your mom and dad, whether they're in the barn, the back seat of the car, whether they were in bed, wherever they were at, when that happened, praise God, they don't understand it, but God was there. Yes. And when that took place, God said, I'll take that one. Why? Because I need that one. Amen. That's the one I got to have right there. Because that's the one I put in there to get birth. This is why abortion is so terrible. Uh-huh. People don't understand. They're not killing babies. They're killing destinies. Because yes. God's the one to put them in the womb to begin with. And there's a destiny there. And they keep killing their destiny before they even get out of the womb. It's not an important fetus and all this stuff. It's all just a bunch of garbage, man. You're killing somebody's destiny, praise God. Hallelujah. So basically, when you were put in the womb, there you are. There was a fight to get there, and praise God, you won. Hallelujah. Notice that you're an overcomer already, and you didn't even do anything but get out of the womb. Praise God. Isn't that wonderful? Hallelujah. So he chose you. What did he choose you for? Because there was a problem going to be in 2020, 2021, 2022, 2025, 2030 that he needed to take care of and have someone there to take care of that problem or that situation. So he was way ahead of everything like he always did. So he's already put the giftings in you. They're already on the inside of you. He put you in his mother's womb. You were born. As soon as you plugged in your as a wash machine to God, all at once all these giftings started coming out of the inside of you. And who you really were started to manifest from the inside of you. Hallelujah. Some of you are in a place right now where you never even thought about being. Never th- I never thought about pastoring. Never even crossed my mind. Are you kidding? I'd be a priest just because they had wine. Come on now. That's the way you think when you're out of the world and you're into that stuff. Man, free wine. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You could even thank Jesus for it if you wanted to. But that didn't cross my mind until I plugged into God and started pursuing God with his word. And the more I pursued him, the more these things started manifesting out of the inside of me. And it was step by step by step by step. So he formed each one of us in the womb, had us born here. But we all have a plan and we all have a purpose. And that plan and purpose is not ours. It is God's. But when he shows it to you, it becomes ours and his together. All right, go to Isaiah chapter 46. All right, Isaiah 46, look at verse 9. Remember the former things of old, for I am God, and there is none else. I am God, and there is none like me. I declare the end from the beginning, and from ancient times the things that are not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand, and I will do all my pleasure. So here it talks about God. How many know there's none like God? In other words, nobody can operate like God can. I don't care what religion you're in or who your God is. Nobody can operate like God did. Buddha did not pick you out with an expected end. Come on, Muhammad did not have a plan for you. Evolution did not involve you into the place that you are right now. There's none else, praise God. There is none like him. What makes him different? God declares the end from the beginning, and he will do it because it's his pleasure to get you to the end. Glory to God. So he's already knew that I was going to be a pastor. He already knew that I'd get revelation in the kingdom. He already knew that I'd raise up disciples in the kingdom. He already knew this before I was even put in the mother's womb. He knew the end from the beginning. 
He already knew that. So he looks around and says, well, I'm going to put somebody in the womb, and I'll pick them out of the womb. I'll take that one right there. Yeah, that squirrely one right there. And they're going to come, and they're going to be born again. And then he waits for you to plug back in. And once you plug back in, he already knows the end. And if he knows my end is success, why should I worry about what's going on right now? Come on, my end is already the end. He already knows the end from the beginning. There's none like him. There's nobody like that, praise God. So God sees the needs. He sees the needs in 2040. And there's probably a baby being born tomorrow who is going to be born to fulfill that need in 2040. And God knows it. The baby don't know it. The parents certainly don't know it. Nobody knows it. But God knows that that's what he's placed inside that person so that they get to that place and they would fulfill what God has called them to do. The greatest tragedy in life is not death. It's living your life without purpose. Everybody wants to cry at a funeral. But I'll tell you what. That's why I tell you that the, the cemetery is the richest place in the world. How many people died never plugged in? How many people died who were supposed to write books? How many people died that were supposed to save the world? How many people that died were supposed to be pastoring? How many people died that had the anointing to lay hands on the sick and they'll recover? How many people died that were supposed to be filthy rich to help supply the kingdom of God? Yet none of them plugged in and they all end up in a cemetery. And all those giftings are still in there, each one of those little plots. There they are. This one was called to do this. This one was called to do that. So we don't want to do that. We want to pursue God, and we want to find out our success. So my success is not basically in a large ministry. It's not in a large house. It's not a TV show. When we were on TV, we didn't even want it to be on TV. Come on, it's not having a million dollars, but running my race to the declared end that God called me to do in my life. A key to finding your purpose. Now, what's the major key to finding your purpose? How many of you want to know? How many of you want to know? I will right, we'll come back next week. And, no, I'm just kidding. I wouldn't do that to you. I wouldn't do that to you. Key to finding your purpose is the Word of God or the laws of God. The Word of God or the laws of God. The, the laws of God were not given to restrict you. They were not given to bind you. They were given to protect you. Because basically, if sin was so good for you, then why would the wages of sin be? If it's good for you, it shouldn't kill you. See, so he's trying to put up laws and the word through the word of God. So we stop doing those things because he wants us to continue to go on. So basically, when I got born again, how many know I had to stop drinking? Yeah. I had to stop drinking or I drank myself to death by now. I had to stop hating people. How many know that's not good? You don't get a whole lot of revelation from God when you do that stuff. I had to start studying the word of God and the laws of God and changing to line up with the laws of God by loving my enemies. Yeah. Praying for those who persecute me. All these things are so much fun, aren't they? And we think, God, what are you doing? You're restricting me. I got a, I got a right to hate that person. I got a right to be mad. And that's the way we think, see? But God's saying, hey, you want to hate that person? Not only does it mess you up, it messes me up. Because you've got a purpose with me and a plan, basically. So all you've got to do is simply follow my laws when you plug into me. Find out where to change. Find out where to make the the different things in your life to line up with me. And as you do that, you slowly grow into your purpose. Amen. See, everybody wants to find their purpose. They think God's going to drop their purpose down on them. It'll never happen. You grow into the purpose of God. You are like a seed planted here in the earth, and you're growing every single day. We started in Just for Fun with four people. That's where we started. That's where we were at. But let me tell you what, that wasn't the end. Then I got on Wednesday nights in a church down in Stewart and preached to maybe 25 people. But that wasn't the end. Then I started Sunday night services at the Holiday Inn. Maybe had 30, 40 people. But that wasn't the end. Then I started pastoring. And that wasn't the end. And I'm not at the end now, basically. You just keep going. As long as you're here, you keep growing. You keep moving. You keep going. So where you're at today is not the end. You don't want to stay there and say, I've done it. Because I guarantee you there are more cell phone operations in you that need to be activated as soon as you find out what they are. Some of you don't have call waiting yet. You'll get it, praise God. See? That's the way it is. It's like with that. You're continuing to grow. You're continuing to learn. Now I'm prophesying. That's great, praise God. And I'll tell you what, I never wanted to be a pastor when I hooked up to God. I wanted to be an evangelist. Because evangelists go, preach, lay hands on people, and get out of Dodge. Come on. And I'll tell you, a highly successful pastor, Rodney Howard Brown. Rodney Howard Brown was an evangelist for years, went around, and at every meeting, he'd say the same thing. I don't know how you pastors do it. You look at the same ugly faces every day during the week and all the time, and I'll tell you what, I will, nev I will never be a pastor. Never do it. Guess what? 
See, that was just an advancement to where he was at at that time, but that wasn't God's total plan for him. Yes, he was in the plan at that time, but he was going further. Now he's got a big church over in Tampa in a car dealership doing something he would never do. <laughs> See, so I wanted to be an evangelist. I wanted to hit and run, praise God. You lay hands on people, they get healed, they don't, you're out of there, praise God. You make people mad, you don't care. You're out of there, glory to God. If they like it, you're out of there. If you're in there, you're out of there. Evangelist, that's what... And then all, once I started progressing and ended up in a pastor, I don't know what happened. And then you end up in there, but that's not where I was headed. It was a step by step by step. So when you come up here on a Wednesday night to preach and you're a little nervous and you finally get it done, it's just a step. That's just where you are now. You're going to have a chance to do something else, something different. You'll be able to do one-on-one. -on -one. Everything continues to grow as you continue to pursue God. You continue to fulfill the purpose. And there's nothing better than fulfilling the purpose of God in your life. It takes away worry. It takes away fear. It takes away, don't care who likes you, who don't, who comes, who leaves, who whatever. As long as you're doing your purpose, you don't care, praise God. Because, you know, you and God are doing some things together, praise God, and having a good time. All right, go to Psalm 19. This is good, praise God. I might take up an offering at the end of this again and just see what we... This is why there's many lackadaisical Christians who get born again and really just attend a church, don't learn nothing, but they want to find their... They think God's just going to drop this purpose down on them, and it doesn't work that way. So you grow into this thing. It's first the blade, then the ear, then the full corn of the ear, and you're slowly growing into that purpose wherever you are. And many times where you are now and trying to get out of is where you need to be because he's teaching you how to do it there so you can do it at a bigger place. See, when I was on the mail route and I had 630-some stops, basically, I was on there for 10, 15 years, and I learned the people. I ministered to the people. I prayed for the people. I prayed for their kids. I didn't know it was a stepping stone to an actual pastoral, you know, it was just a job at that time. But my job turned into a kingdom operation. What was it? It was a step, another step, another step. And that's what the Internet and this stuff was created for. Even if TikTok was created, it wasn't created for what it's being used for now, but it's created to be used for God to get the gospel into all the world, praise God. That's what it's there for. That's what email's there for. That's what Facebook is there for. That's what all these things were created for, but they can be perverted. You could put your dirty clothes in the refrigerator all night long. They ain't going to get any cleaner. You misused it. And the first thing the world wants to do is take everything created and start misusing it so everybody misuses it. But someday the church... When the wealth of the wicked comes to the righteous, is going to start buying these places out and start using them for the kingdom of God the way they are. And then this gospel of the kingdom will be preached into all the world, and then the end shall come. Amen. People said, the end's here. No, it's not. We ain't even close. Praise God. Not till this gospel is preached into the entire world, and it ain't even close. It ain't even preached in America yet. Dear God. Jesus is coming, not yet. He ain't even standing up yet, praise God. At least he stood up when Stephen preached, talked about God in you. At least he got up and got excited. He ain't even excited, right? He's just sitting there right now thinking, dear God, what's, what's going on? Dear God. Well, he'd go, dear Father. All right, where do we go? Psalm 19? Good. All right. Look at verse 7. The law of the word of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. Converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise and simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. Now, how many of you think of this scripture when God corrects you? <laughs> Don't even come up, does it? Don't even hit you anywhere. So what are you? He's talking about the laws of God. But notice, it's the laws of God that convert you. They're the ones who change the way you think. They're the ones who make you wise. They're the ones that will cause you to rejoice, basically. The Bible then, the Word of God and the laws are your instruction manual for you to living in your purpose and growing in what God has called you to do. And if you've ever bought anything, you know, we buy electronics, we buy all this stuff, and you open the box, and right there on the box, guess what's right on the top? Manual. And right in the, right in the front of the manual, it says, please Read these instructions first before operating. How many of you have ever done that? On anything. Never. Never have, never have I read the instructions. I threw it over here, and I took that thing out, and I started you. And then, then, then you decide to take a bath, and you take your radio in there, and you put it on the ledge by the bathtub, and all at once it falls in and kills you. And then you want to sue Sony. Sounds like Christians, don't it? 
Then you want to sue Sony because it killed you in a bathtub when page one of your instruction manual said, do not work near water, praise God, because it may hurt you. See, it was already in there, but we don't want to read the instruction manual. And why do they give you that manual? So that you work at peak performance. Mm, come on. So the refrigerator works at peak performance. The CD player works at peak performance. So that we can work at peak performance. He gives us the instructions, which is the word of God, praise God. You know, fish, how many know they were created to swim? Birds were created to fly. Seeds were created to grow and succeed. You were created to stay hooked to God and simply obey his laws. If not, you will hinder the purpose for which you were called and the purpose what God wanted to do in your life and with your life. What's it called when you violate the law? It's called sin or trespassing. When you do that, it shuts down your relationship with God and it makes it tough because the wages of sin is basically death. And I'll tell you, you know, when I was in the world and I drank every night, every morning I woke up with something called a hangover. Anybody ever have one? I'm not looking. So when I got born again, some nights I'd spend all night in the Bible. You know what? I never woke up with a hangover. Never said, my God, I read in the Bible all night long. I got just such a headache, praise God. I'm about ready to throw up because I read the Bible. No, no. You don't get hangout, hangovers from righteousness. You get them from not righteousness. Now, here's the problem. Fish are smart enough to stay in the water. Birds are smart enough to fly and just keep flying. Seeds are smart enough to grow. But Christians aren't smart enough to stay hooked to God. They think they got it all figured out. They don't think they need the Bible. Why? They're going to heaven. Well, you're going to heaven maybe, but you're not going to fulfill anything you were here for. So you might as well just got born and flew up to heaven and get it over with to begin with. But you've got a purpose and you've got a plan here. So we don't want to go against spiritual law in any way, shape, or form because it's those laws that get us to go. And if you're disobeying the law and things aren't working out, you can't blame anybody but you. I mean, God gets a lot of blame for people who just won't follow the law and follow what he tells you to do. I mean, people in unforgiveness for years and things aren't working out. Well, then quit. Follow the word. Repent. Move on, praise God, because you can't blame God for those things. Christians cuss. They swear. They drink. They sleep around. Well, you're, you're violating the law. So you can't violate the law of God and continue to progress in spiritual things. You have to line up with what the word of God says. All right, go to Joshua chapter 1. Now, this scripture will really make sense to you. You probably read it a thousand times. Joshua chapter 1. Look at verse 8. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, and thou shalt meditate in day and night, and thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then, after you do that, thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have what? good success. Now this tells you several things. Number one, there's good success, so there must be bad success. But to have good success, what do you do? You put the word of God and the laws of God in your mouth and in your heart, and by doing that, notice, you will make your way and your life a success. People pray, God, make me successful. Okay, obey my laws. That's what he's going to tell you. God, you're not making me succeed. Obey my laws. But God, you can do everything. Yeah, obey my laws, and I can do whatever you want me to do. But you've got to obey my laws, make your way prosperous, and good success. Praise God. So, and, and you can predict the future on people. I mean, let's face it, in this day and age, if you started at five years old and you smoke cigarettes every day, a couple packs every day, there's a good chance, you know, your success will be cancer sooner or later. That's the way it works. If you drink every single day of your life, sooner or later your, your liver is going to give out. If you sit in front of the TV set and uh, watch TV and drink and eat uh, cupcakes your whole life, you're going to be fat. I mean, that's just the way it is. That's a law, basically. These things dictate the law. But notice, you didn't get fat just because. Just because God didn't want you thin. You got fat because you're violating laws that take place in your life. Are you following me? I think I got in trouble there for a little bit. I better move on to something else. And I'll tell you, if you know the laws, basically everything works good for you. It's easy for you. If my car breaks down on I-95 or going back over to Lake Wales on 60 where there's no human beings, which in 50 miles, and it happens out there and I get out to fix my car, how many know I could try to fix that car for four years and I'm still going to be standing inside of 60 trying to fix the car? But if I break down and Kenny's driving by, thank you, Jesus. 
See, Kenny would pull over, fix the car in two seconds. What I thought was impossible, what I thought was hard, what I thought was terrible. He knew the laws to go ahead and fix that car, and it's done. So the more laws you know and the more laws you can handle, you can handle situations simply by using the laws, and you won't have to spend your whole life trying to get rid of things. You can get delivered in one day, praise God. You can make your ways prosperous, and you can have good success. So you're responsible then for success. How do I do it? I obey the laws of God. The kingdom laws are the keys to the kingdom of God. So you simply obey the laws. Well, what if I don't know the laws? Then you didn't read the manual to begin with to find out what the laws are. And most of the church gets born again, and they ain't got time to read the word. They don't want to read the word. They don't want to come to church. They don't want to learn, blah, 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 out there by the millions, praise God. So what do they do when they get in trouble? They pray. Prayer will never take the place of laws. Never, ever, ever. It won't do it. You can take a seed today and you can take it home on your tile floor and you can put it on your tile floor for 20 years and you can come back and that thing will be nothing but a seed. It's the way it's going to be. You can pray over that seed. You can over that seed. You can cast the devil out of that seed if you want to. You can declare that seed in Jesus' name is going to grow. And that seed ain't going anywhere because it's governed by laws, praise God. And it's the same way with us. As we obey the laws of God, we continue to grow. We continue to stay in line. Because how many know that a seed needs something to grow? It needs water. It's got to have a relationship with certain things. It's got to have a relationship with the water and with the ground and with the sun and with all those things. And how many know there's a law for cars? They really need oil and gas. It's a law. So when you run out of gas... Every Christian prays for a miracle. Why didn't you just put gas in your car and you wouldn't need a miracle? You'd still be driving down the road. I ran out of gas. It must have just been God's will. No. No, it was your stupidity. Buy a gallon for God's sakes. Blow the balls off that $4 and get, well, $5, $6, however it costs. And do it. Deal with the thing. Praise God. You don't need a miracle. And many Christians who need miracles are simply because they're not obeying the laws of God. They don't, once they get in a hard situation, they want God to come down and do something. Praise God. How many of you ever pulled into a gas station and filled up your car with gas and then prayed for 15 minutes that it would run? You don't do that. Why? You put gas in it. You fully expect the stupid car to run. And it's the same way with kingdom laws. As long as you're obeying the kingdom laws, you're not really praying for this stuff. It just worketh. See, when you forgive other people, it worketh. When you tithe, it worketh. You don't have to pray about it that much or anything else. You're simply obeying laws, and these laws then are causing things to happen in the spirit realm, which happen then in the natural realm. And people say, well, God will judge you. No, the law will judge you. God doesn't judge you down here. You judge yourself by breaking the law. When I jump off a 10-story building and jump, God didn't kill me, and I didn't fall down. The law of gravity pulled me down. Are you following me? Because I disobeyed the law. I jumped off and gravity, which is the law, pulled me down. And how many know it? when you got down to the end, it went smacko. <laughs> and you can say all the way down, I didn't know this law. <laughs> Don't make any difference, does it? Don't matter if you knew the law or not. Well, in the kingdom of God, the more laws you know, the less trouble you See, many of us are in trouble because we keep missing the law or disobeying the law or don't know the law or know the law and just don't want to do it, praise God. And the best thing about laws is they work for everybody. Amen. It don't matter if I'm in Beverly Hills and got a million dollars and jump off a 10-story building, you know what's going to happen? Or if I'm in the ghetto and jump off, you know what happens? Same thing. So you can't use excuses that your mommy and daddy held you back. Can't excuses that you were born on the wrong side of the tracks. You just simply obey the laws, and I don't care where you were born. You are going to live in prosperity. You are going to live in success. You're going to live in every single thing. But it takes a relationship. A seed needs water. It needs sunlight. A car needs gas. It needs oil. You need a personal relationship with Jesus Christ once you're born again and to start seeking him with your whole heart through the laws of God and let him renew your mind to the things, praise God. If you violate those laws, it won't work no matter how much you pray, how much you scream and shout, no matter how many revivals you go to or don't go to. Simply obey the laws of God. Of God. And a man must have a relationship with God. Say, I must have, I must have a, healthy a healthy relationship with God. With God. 
So we're just following the laws. Now we're following the laws today, aren't we? We don't care about next week. We're following them today. And if you do that daily, you're going to grow into your purpose, find out what it is and continue to grow into it your whole life. It's not something that it's a one-time deal where this is your purpose, I do it, and I'm done. As long as you're here, you're continuing to go, continuing to go, continuing to go, because it's the way it works. So I want to pray every day. I want to spend time with God every day. I want to read the Word every single day. I want to change where the Bible tells me that I need to change, praise God. And what's going to happen? First, the blade. Yes. Hallelujah. And you'll be all excited about the blade. Woohoo! Blade me, baby! Yeah! But then all at once, the ear will come. Mm, this is better than the blade. And then the full corn in the air. Ooh, ooh, ooh. And now you're starting to have a harvest. See, God says, you didn't choose me. I chose you. So that you could go forth and you would bear fruit in your lifetime. And yet we want to choose God. God, here's what I think I should do. Let me tell you, I should have a church of about 500,000 people. I should be making trillions of dollars a year. And everything should be gone. God says, I don't know who plan that is, but that's not my expected end. So, see, hallelujah, glory to God. All right, one more, praise God. Let's go to Acts chapter 20. Here's what you'll grow into as you grow in your purpose and you grow in your destiny with God as you pursue Him as you start to obey the laws. This is what will happen. Acts chapter 20. Look at verse 22. Paul says, And now, behold, I go bound in the Spirit unto Jerusalem, not knowing the things that shall befall me there, except that the Holy Ghost witnessed in every city, saying that bonds and afflictions abide me. But none of these things move me, Neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus Christ to testify the gospel of the grace of God. And now behold, I know that you all, among you, I have gone preaching the kingdom of God shall see my face no more. Now the key is in verse 24, look at it. But none of these things move me, here it is. Neither count I my life dear to myself. Neither, Paul says, neither do I count my life dear to myself. Well, who did he count it dear to? He counted his life dear to God because you're living for him and dear to the people around him because through his ministry, he was going to minister to the people around him. So he didn't have his life. You know what this does? It removes selfishness out of your life. You no longer fight to be a better preacher than this one. You no longer compare yourself to this guy or that guy. You no longer want to be better than everybody else. You no longer be comparing yourself because your life anymore is not what you're here for. God's plan and purpose. So praise God, I want to basically do everything for his sake. I want to do it for the sake of the people. I want to help people. Even people that you don't like it talk you down, you still have a responsibility to help those people. And when, when you know it's not dear to yourself, you won't get offended anymore. You won't walk in unforgiveness anymore because your life isn't dear to you anymore. If it's dear to you, you'll be getting offended every other day. If it rains, you'll be mad at God. If the sun shines too much, you'll be mad at the devil. If you forget your shoes, it'll be your husband's fault. See, everybody's always, you know, it's poor, 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 pitiful me, poor me. Nobody, it's not you. It's not even about you. You weren't even put here about you. You were put here to fulfill what God has put you here to do. And that fulfillment has nothing to do with you. It's just walking in that purpose and that plan and, and basically doing everything for his sake and for the people's sake around you and those around you. It's much more gratifying for me in my position to see people grow. You could put a million dollars here or give me 10 people who are going to grow and change the world and you can stick that million dollars where the sun don't shine. Do you see? Because yeah. that's, that's what you're looking at. That's what you want. That's what I'm here for. That million dollars ain't going to help me on the day of judgment. God can't be paid off, I don't think. Some people think he can, but he can't. So that million dollars isn't what I need right now. I need to do what God has called me to do and what he's made my purpose here. So that's what I'm going to do. And I'm going to deal with God on this right here. I'm going to go to God. My prayers totally changed when I started to get this revelation. It was, oh, Lord, heal them. Oh, Lord, help them. Oh, Lord. I say, hey, God, you got a problem down here. You got your image on so-and-so, and so-and-so's not near done with what you called them to do, and so-and-so's just got to be set free and got to be healed. You know, Luann's got to be set free because I needeth her yet. Amen. And since I do, you needeth her yet. And since we both needeth her yet, we should be in pretty good shape because you can do whatever needeth to be done because we needeth her to be here. 
Praise God. So I started going to God legally with things, with cash the same way, with all my things the same way. And it's very hard to hear other people pray sometimes because most of the time it's out of emotional, you know what I mean. When things get tough, you just want to scream and holler and everything and it doesn't. I mean, you can go home today and, and you can walk up to your locked door and you can not have the key and you can scream at that door all day long and it's not going to open. You can tell them how tough it is standing outside here in the sun and that door is not going to open. If it starts to rain, you can be getting wet and you can yell at that door, but it's still not going to open. It's not going to open until you use the... So as we start using the laws of God is we're going to start unlocking finances into our life. We're going to unlock the power of God in our life, the anointing in our life, our destiny in our life, our purpose in our life, and then just stay hooked to God and just continue to grow, grow, grow. And if you see somebody growing fast over here, be happy for them. Yes. Jesus. Don't pull them down. I'll tell you what, if, if you're young and you're not married yet, you need to find somebody who's going to help you find your purpose and destiny, not somebody who's going to keep you for, from it. Well, you don't know, Pastor. They're awful good looking. Good luck with that. That's going to change sooner or later, and you're still going to be there, praise God. So you've got to have somebody that's going to enhance you, going to keep you going, help you to find your destiny, help you to find your purpose, praise God. Hallelujah. And that's what it's all about when you come together in marriage. You go forth. Is it easy? Sometimes no. Is, do you even want to do it? Sometimes no. But you know in your heart it's got to be done. You know, it's just what you're called to do and what you're here for. So this morning I've given you a lot, I know. But uh, tapes are back there. They'll be $400 a piece on your way out. <laughs> Today only, they go up tomorrow, so you want to get one as soon as they go out the door. <laughs> Hallelujah, but praise God, that's what we want to do. This is, this is basically the kingdom in a nutshell, praise God. This is what we want to do, and this is what we're going to do, and just keep doing it. Wherever you're at now, you may be at blade stage, you may be at ear stage, just keep right on booking, praise God, and you'll get there. Hallelujah, there's always something for you to do in the upcoming day. Hallelujah, glory to God. the king.